I'd like to first off uh, thank you for your prayers for me on this week. I was on retreat this week. It was a blessed, very blessed time that I had away and with the Lord. It was amazing. The retreat was an adventure. It was very much an adventure that I did not expect. It was quite interesting to how it all unfolded. I mean, I went, it was started off on Monday. I went off to, well, I traveled up to, uh, up to the retreat center up north of Finland. If you know where Finland is, it's up on the North Shore, up north of Silver Bay about a half hour. And I was going up beyond that, up beyond Finland, north, on these dirt roads. In fact, there were only like one house every three or four miles up there. He's getting into the boonies, the boonie land, I call it. And, but yet on Monday evening, it was snowing up there a lot. And so it snowed like, I don't know how many inches, but the roads were getting to be impassable. So if, thankfully, well, I was about 15 minutes from my retreat center, and the, I saw a guy on the side of the road right there, and I asked him, do you think I can go up a little bit further beyond this to my retreat place on Wilson Lake? He's like, I wouldn't, I, wouldn't think about, I wouldn't think about it. I would not do it if I were you. I'm like, okay. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? So then I talked to him, is there any place I can be around here for this couple of days, week or so? He's like, well, there's a resort just right by my house here. And so the re- I went to the resort owner, and it was closed. <laughs> All closed. Nothing up, nothing running, no gas, nothing, no electricity, no water running at all. And so I was like, okay. I asked the resort owner, what do you think I should do? And he said, well, there's a hotel in Silver Bay. So I went down, I called the hotel, and they have room. So I was on my way down to the hotel, and thinking to myself, okay, there's got to be a Catholic church in town of Silver Bay. I thought to call up th- that church. It's 5 o'clock on Monday. 5 o'clock on Monday. You'd think that all the church workers and even the priests would be out of the rectory and be away from the church. I called them up. The secretary was there. And she said, oh, yeah, we have another priest here with us. So you can certainly, come, you can certainly talk to him. So I talked to him, and long story short, I was able to stay there in the rectory that evening on Monday. But then the next day he came around, and he sa- they said, there's not going to be any place for you to stay for this next few days. So I called up an abandoned rectory up in Tower, Minnesota, and I stayed there for the whole rest of the retreat. And Tower was an hour and a half north, if you know where that is, north and west of that Silver Bay. So I had very much an adventure on my retreat, (laughs) which I saw the Lord's providence fulfilling. And I asked myself, well, well, on my ride to the tower, I heard Bishop Fulton J. Sheen say that God speaks to us through events. God speaks to us through events in our lives. And I thought to myself, well, how is the Lord speaking to me through this event of me going up to Tower, Minnesota, and spending a time up there in an abandoned rectory? Let's get to that later. The answer later. 
But let's go to this gospel passage and apply that same question that, or that same fact that God speaks to us through events. Well, we see here in this gospel passage that these disciples were walking away from Jerusalem towards Emmaus. Now, if you know the gospel of Luke, you know that Jerusalem was a place where the gospel writers always port towards, well, this gospel of Luke always points towards. You know that everything points towards Jerusalem because we, we know, of course, that Jesus' death and resurrection took place there. And we're also that we are pointed towards the heavenly Jerusalem, that Jerusalem is our homeland, so to speak. But yet these disciples were walking away from Jerusalem. They're walking towards Emmaus, away from that place of joy. That, and we can see here that they're downtrodden. They were saying, are you the only, they were, well, they were not able to recognize that Jesus was there. They were very sad. In fact, Clopas, Cleopas was one who was right there next to the cross, and he saw the whole thing. Mary, his wife, Mary, the wife of Clopas, Cleopas, she was right there next to the cross. And we, saw, we know that he experienced that death but yet he was also a very close follower of Jesus. And this crucifixion has shattered his world, has shattered his view of Jesus, so much so that he downplays him to only being a prophet. We see here, we are hoping that he would be the one to redeem Israel. And besides all this, it's now the third day since this took place. That he was, that they thought, well, the things that happened to Jesus at Nazareth who was a prophet mighty indeed in word before God and all the people. How it, so we see that he downplays Jesus and doesn't believe that he is the Messiah really anymore. And that's what causes Jesus to stay with him. And he says to him these various things. He says, how foolish you are, how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets spoke. And so Jesus then gives his really first homily to them that Jesus, within this breaking open the scriptures, he interpreted to them that he was indeed the Messiah and that all these things were to take place, that he was to suffer or die and yet rise from the dead. And then, but yet their eyes were still not opened, were prevented from recognizing him. And yet it was at this sight of seeing him taking bread, blessing it, breaking it, and giving it to them, that their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. Why do you think that this encounter with Jesus took place in these disciples' lives? Based on this, these things. Well, I think it's because he wanted to show them that he's living in the presence of the Eucharist. We see here that he then, once he said that, once he did that, they recognized him, but yet he vanished from them. Why did Jesus did not abandon them when he vanished from their sight? He did not want to suck them in and then just said, ha ha, sorry, I got you. No, he wanted to show them that he is alive, that he is alive in the breaking of the bread, that he is alive in the Eucharist. That Jesus in the presence in the Eucharist is really what we believe as Catholics. 
that we are privileged to have this presence of Jesus right here in our tabernacle. That's what Jesus was saying to these disciples on the way to Emmaus, that he has not abandoned them, that he is not away from them, but yet he is with them always, even in, in, well, especially in the Eucharist. So Jesus speaks to us, God speaks to us through events. How did God speak to me through that event of my own life, being in a retreat in Tower, Minnesota? Well, I think he wanted me to give me a deep sense of peace, deep rest in my soul, such that it can, it can have the peace between not only within me, but also within people, too, to reconcile with them, to forgive them. That's what God wanted to do for me at that place in Tower. He wanted me to reconcile my heart with them and be at peace with them. I don't think that could have happened where I was planning to go to in uh, Wilson Lake in uh, Finland, Minnesota. I, could have, I think it only could have happened there in Tower because there are various things that reminded me of various aspects I need to pray about there in Tower, Minnesota. God speaks to us through events. A lot of times we have events in our lives where we wonder where God is. What are you doing through this? Why did this happen to me? Why did this death of my good friend all of a sudden pass away? Why did that happen, Lord? Why are these other things taking place in my life? I can tell you God speaks to us through those events. He's with us. He's loving us. He's showing us his mercy, showing us his love in ways that we can never even imagine, even through the hardships of life. Even It might be just a small thing that the Lord tells us, but he still speaks to us through those events. As we come to this altar, let's ask our Lord for that ability to reflect upon our lives and to see with the eyes of faith where he is working and that he is indeed present in our lives, that we don't have to be down, downcast. We don't have to doubt that he is God in our lives. Let's ask the saints and angels to pray for us as we, as we go about trying to see the Lord speaking to us through the events of our daily lives, knowing that he is present with us and has never abandoned us.